The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're talking the latest spring training news, the beat clay link draft from Wednesday night, and our top infielder targets on Underdog here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're sponsored by Fantrax, the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports, and Underdog Fantasy, home of the biggest best ball contests in the industry. Clay Link here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. Always a pleasure, Todd. And I got to tell you, I scraped about, I'm not exaggerating here, scraped eight inches of snow off my car this morning. Uh... I'm real sick of this, Todd. So I can't wait to be in New York with you and everybody else for Tot Wars next weekend and get a little taste of spring because I don't think it's going to be spring here in Wisconsin for another six weeks. Um, I don't think we've had eight inches of snow all winter where I am. <laughs> and I mean, we you know we get we get eight inches routine. You know, I'm no yeah, you're pretty far north. Yeah, I mean that's nothing. But yeah, I mean it snowed. I think like. A total of three inches on the day that I left for Florida, but I left I left a couple of the inches behind. It was still snowing, so as long as my plane got out. But man, eight inches, uh, I feel for you now. Of course, I'm going to take my I'm going to take the hit for my friends in New England. In that, a few years back, I where I used to live was on a big hill, and my driveway was on a big hill, and my landlord was an electrician. And he would have to go to work, and give people their power back, and leave our driveway on fire. I got a I got a uh, four wheel drive. I got an SUV because of it. I moved in last April. You know how many times I've put the vehicle in four wheel drive since I got it three years ago? Once. Zero. Oh, well, no, I wanted I wanted to try it. I wanted to make sure I could. So it's been once. Mm-hmm. So um, so not you know. So I'm in the market for a. I'm gonna over the summer if things go well. I'm gonna. I'm sick of 12 miles to the gallon. My new place. I don't need to worry about driving through snow. So I'm probably gonna, or at least I'm gonna try to get a cheaper, you know, another, another cheap um, non-SUV vehicle that gets better gas mileage. What I'm, what the point I'm making is next winter is gonna be a bear. Hmm. So I apologize in advance. Well, uh, yeah, it was light powdery snow, so it wasn't like it was last night's snowfall was like frozen solid to the ground. So I drove right over it <laughs> and got out of my parking spot in a hurry. But uh, <laughs> at least I didn't have to shovel, I guess. Here we go. Let's. That's enough about my own personal. <laughs> yeah, we'll weather be doing some hell. shoveling in the next hour. 
shoveling other things. We'll be talking baseball. And I thought, Todd, with Andrew Painter, that the absence of of news was probably bad news. Sometimes no news is good news. Here I felt it was probably bad news, and it does look like that is indeed the case. Sprained UCL for Painter, so just cross him off your list, right? Yeah, I, I joked on it on Twitter this morning. I was uh, prompted to remind myself of the difference between a strain and a sprain. And even though he has the lesser of the two, the sprain just means of stretching, hmm. not tearing. Not a tear. Yeah, strain I, is a, technically a tear, right? It's Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, it's still, I mean, I was off anyway at the price and 19 years old and, you know, would, would have watched him pitch when he was pitching, but I wouldn't have been rooting for him on my team. I just, I, you know, I just, I maybe I'm not like I win every league, I hardly win at all, but I just, I don't feel I need Andrew Painter. To me, it says, I read baseball America. I drafted Andrew Painter. I don't, to me, it's a bad play. Yeah. Especially now, you know, Prior to that, I thought it was a little iffy, and now it's just out the window. So wish him the best. He's super young. Uh, but yeah, Andrew yeah. Painter sprained UCL. Which is the least of the – at least now. But yeah. it doesn't mean a sprain it's not like doesn't he's in the clear. eventually manifest into TJ. Anyway, so. So we also got some news on Ranger Suarez set back from the – or brought back from the World Baseball Classic due to left – Forearm tightness. So it might be Bailey Falter season with those injuries in Philadelphia. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, So Painter has a sprain. Carlos Rodon has a strain. So there is some tearage there uh, in his left forearm and uh, headed for the IL. We don't know the the full like extent, whether he's going to be out for the season or if he needs Tommy John, but this is another guy that essentially I'm crossing off my list. I, I moved him to the 180s on the cheat sheet just for now, but essentially, uh, I just well, I'm not going to draft. There are there have been play, pitchers that have famously pitched through tears. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka uh, was one that Chris Sale they thought could, but clearly could not. So yeah, Rodana's tough. I was I'm updating my own projections as well as the ones I do for ESPN and consulting with Tristan Cockroft. And we both landed around 24 starts based on the current information. So this week's update will have 24 starts. But like you said, that could be 20 too many. That could be 24 too many. Yeah, true. So just uh, not a risk I'm willing to take. And it's probably the case for most people, but and it's uh, just not going to be going there. And now, yeah, Clark Schmidt enters the pool as a really interesting mixed league option. Yeah, and it's such a shame about Rodon, too, because – if you strip away team and, and park context from the past two seasons, he's been the third best pitcher in major league baseball. And a lot of wow. that is because he did so well with the white Sox a couple of years ago, and that's a tougher place to pitch. But even so that's how good his skills are. And Yankee stadium is not as daunting as people may think. I mean, it gives up home or sure, but it's not a bad spot for runs because if the ball doesn't leave the yard, it's usually caught. So it's one of those tricky scenarios where it's not a bad pitching park unless you give up a ton of homers. So, you know, as a Red Sox fan, I wasn't happy that Radon signed with the Yankees. But as a fantasy player, I was like, Mike, I may, I may get some just because of I think he was better than perceived. I didn't, not for any reasons other than it just didn't work out. 
But um, now, like you said, with the what in the major league, cross him off the list. Essentially, yeah, I think that's that's got to be the case. And some pretty big news on a top 100 player this morning: Starling Marte making his Grapefruit League debut, and it wasn't just as the DH. They slotted him in right at right field, so no easing into things. Uh, batting third, I saw in his very first plate appearance of the spring, Starling Marte doubled, so a uh, nice little start for him. And he had surgery on bro- both groins last year, or in the offseason, had that finger issue, willing to give him a pass in large part for last year. And now that he's back playing in games, I expect him to steadily rise. Where are you right now on Starling Marte? I have about 34 reasons why I'm not in. I I cannot count. On, I mean, I, I like, you know, I think there's certain players you need to count on for your steals. In other where they're more of a luxury item. Where Marte is going, you're counting on them. I mean, I don't, you know, I got 25 steals. I have 32, you know. But you are, you are, if you draft Marte, you are assuming you're going to get a certain number of steals. I know history, this and that but he's 34 years old. There are younger players who I would rather bank on for getting stolen bases. Yeah, I could hear you. What was the 34 referring to? What was... His age. Oh, okay, yeah, of course. Um, by you the way, by now. in the you chat, know. the chat apparently Marte ripped a homer too. Well, I then maybe I'm wrong. No. Thanks for that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we want him to, you know, we want him to steal. We don't want to see his home run trot. You know, we want to steal. That's a good sign. Um, he's a good player, and he's probably going to get twenty stolen bases. I just, I think there are some, you know, give me Jake McCarthy over, you know, and obviously Jake McCarthy has not had near the, the track record as Starling Marte, but I just for that particular statistic. I'm not banking on a 34-year-old guy. I've I've been 34. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. You know, it was almost 24. It was over 25 years ago. I don't want to. You know. Anyway. Well, yeah. I I'm gonna go ahead and strongly disagree with you on that one. I I'm okay. kind of fading Jake McCarthy. It's good. We don't have any strong, many strong disagreements on this show. But that's so. It's good when we run into a few. I just I'm out on McCarthy. I think there's just. Some okay. sneaky playing time risk, so I would rather have uh, Marte. But yeah, to each their own. I um, this is why we play the game. Yeah, I, I I recently wrote notes on all thirty teams for for a project. You know, I looked at that with the Diamondbacks and the left handedness and Luders Luders Goriel. I just don't know that there are ample right handed batters to fill in. I mean, Evan Longoria can DH and, and, you know, but he can't play the outfield. So of the three lefties, Varsho, uh, McCarthy and uh, Thomas, I think Thomas may be the one most likely to lose playing time. Although he's probably the best center fielder of the group. So mm-hmm. I said Varsho, I'm sorry. Varsho's now with um, Toronto. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't, I just, I, of the, of the Toronto, of the, of the Arizona outfielders, I think McCarthy is in the middle of being saying there's, he's not out of the woods and you're right about possible losing playing time. But I think you can say with Starling Marte, he's not staying healthy. I think the, the playing time risk for McCarthy is the same as the health risk for Marte. 
Well, fair points, certainly. We'll have to agree to disagree on that one. Corbin Hunter Green? Carroll, of course, Corbin Carroll is the other outfielder for Arizona. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, Lourdes Gurriel, who you mentioned, and it sounded like, well, our beat writer for Arizona thinks Alec Thomas is going to be the starting center fielder. So well, we'll I, I, and see. Yeah, I, I agree, mm-hmm. but I think if there's going to be a platoon scenario, I think he's the most likely to fall into the platoon. I don't know. I mean, Kyle Lewis is a possibility. Um, we mentioned uh, the, the I, I don't know. I just uh, I don't see a right-handed bat that I'm all that nervous about. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and that's certainly no guarantee Kyle Lewis will be able to stay on the field. That's We've seen that over the years. Yeah. Uh, mentioned Hunter Green, named the opening day starter for the Reds. Just to, wanted to note it. And then I saw that Seth Brown is back in the A's Cactus League lineup today as the designated hitter. He'd been out since Sunday with left shoulder inflammation. And I bring him up because I was listening to the Launch Angle pod the other day uh, with Jeff Zimmerman, of course, Rob Silver, Rob DiPietro. They were talking a little bit about Seth Brown, and it opened my eyes, I have to admit, to just how good he was overall last year. Now he's terrible against lefties. Bad team, and so the counting stats, you know, runs and RBI may be lagging behind, but talk about a bright spot on a bad team last year. He had a kind of a sneaky, really solid year overall in terms of power and speed. Are you uh, interested in welcoming on Seth Brown to a fantasy team? Welcome him on again, yes. Okay. And a lot of it is first base outfield eligibility. Yeah, We, we kind of, eh, we don't worry about it. It's only first base and outfield. I think it's huge just because the the thinness of the outfield. So if you were able to design your lineup with Brown as your corner, then I think you have an extra outfielder. Um, so I yeah I am I am I don't want to say all in. I'm all in on Seth Brown. That's an exaggeration. Um, we talk about underdog. I think I forget he's an infielder or an outfielder, but I have gotten Seth Brown in my in my you know the. We call them reserves, but the uh, the secondary part of a of an underdog draft. So yes, uh, and the, the the his injury concerned me because I do have a lot of exposure. Yeah, he again he'd been out since Sunday, but good to see him back at least at DH for now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, twenty five homers, eleven bags, twenty homers the year before, so the pop seems real. Yeah, and yeah, maybe he sits a little more against lefties, but it's a trade off that. You know, a little less playing time might boost the average and yep. uh, a fair amount. So it's not, it wouldn't be a total loss if he did sit a, a yeah. little more against lefties. And he's an outfielder and underdog, which helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Turner was hit in the face the other day. Ugh, really terrible to watch. But do you think, uh, with them saying that, or with him saying that he's hoping to be ready for opening day, that he's a draftable guy in a mixed league right now, Justin Turner? As a starter, I don't don't think if you were on him previously, I don't think this matters too much because you you factored in missing some games. And if he happens to miss the, you know, on on the IL the first series, you probably have a decent replacement in a draft and hold or even in a fab league where you can get a decent replacement. So if you were on, and there there are reasons to be on Turner. you can say this about a couple of the Red Sox batters, a, a fly ball hitter, a right-handed fly ball hitter in Fenway park. You no, know, that's like uh, peas and carrots to, 
to, to Jenny and um, Forrest. <laughs> A little Forrest Gump reference. I like it. Yeah, don't don't um, make me don't make me do the accent. Third base gets ugly in a hurry, so I was yeah. you know I had Turner on my mm-hmm. list of considerations, but he's probably not there right now. Uh, wishing him the best. Would you rather have you'd rather have a guy like Jose Miranda than Turner, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Miranda's. I, we, I think we've talked. I'm kind of high on Miranda. Assuming he, he, the injury goes away, he just you know, if Steve Moyer, knock on, you know, rest in peace, were around, he'd be called a Statcast darling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's totally that, and really swung it well. I, I figured as much, but I just yep. Um, yeah, well, you were oh, third we base drops around that range, and so maybe Turner's a fallback if you if you miss even on that secondary yeah. tier. And you were, you were right to ask me about Miranda. <laughs> Miranda writes nice. Uh, finally, Harrison Bader diagnosed with an oblique strain. Anything there? Anybody falling into more playing time in New York? Um. I don't know about falling into more playing time. I think you, it's just one of the, if you're, you got to factor in some time Bader missing off anyway. So whether you already had that covered in your mind or not remains, you know, remains to be seen. So what does judge move over to center? Who's just, I don't know exactly what, what they may do for a, a couple of weeks. Aaron Hicks is probably, probably not the ideal center fielder anymore. Um, you know, Billy McKinney not. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm not any higher or lower on Bader than I was. He was not on my radar at all to begin with. Yeah, James on the XM show today mentioned Oswaldo Cabrera. Cabrera yeah. Not to be confused with Oswald Peraza, the shortstop. Yep. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera could uh, become yeah. more interesting as a result of this. Yeah, I mean, Judge can move to center, Cabrera can play the corner. Or, I mean, I think for in a, in a pinch you can use Cabrera in the in the middle, in, in center. I don't know if I want yeah, him you there can, for this season. You can move one of those errands to center and maybe start standing in the outfield a little more and give Josh let's, Donald let's, some let's, of... let's, Yeah, let's, let's not get crazy. No, I, <laughs> well, that's what he wants. <laughs> he said that he wants to play the field more. Yeah, and I want to and I want to be able to eat pizza, but I can't. <laughs> But yeah, I, I hope that those extra bats don't go to Josh Donaldson or one of those guys. Hopefully, they go to Oswaldo Cabrera, a guy with a little upside. Yeah, I may be overprojecting Donaldson now, but I, I just have a hard time thinking if he if he's healthy, he'll be playing. That might that might not you know how often he's healthy is the question. But that even what I said may be an overstatement. Well, real quick, a word from our sponsor, Underdog. The fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB Best Ball tournaments live, including the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In best ball, all you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with promo code RWMLB. And not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to 100 bucks, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. And again, we'll be talking a little Underdog later in the show with our top infielder targets. But right now, Todd, I wanted to talk a little bit about the beat Clay Link 
draft I did on Wednesday night, part of the online championship at the NFBC. So $350 entry fee, $150,000 grand prize. Not only do you have to beat out your league mates, but everybody else in the overall to win that. But I kind of took a swing at it and for better or worse, ended up skewing really young. Todd, don't pull any punches. Let me know. What do you think of this team top to bottom uh, drafting out of the two hole? Um, the same way Chris List thinks about Erickson's teams. No, um, That's you know, fair. we, we, no, I just, I'm just being silly. I know, I know. I mean, I, you know, we, we have slightly different approaches. And you, you mentioned that you, that you're swinging and you probably will have more, um, entries into this particular contest. So why not have a little fun, especially you're live streaming it? And it's, I'm not saying you're per, you know, that you're, you know, you know, trying to show up and show up. But my point being, I will not have Spencer Strider. I will not have Jordan Walker. And maybe that's it from what I'm looking at your team. I just will not invest what it takes to get either of those two players. And I was, you know, I was at the Jordan Walker game, the four for four game where he hit 920 feet worth of home runs. That was the sort of, that was the attendee game for first pitch Florida last weekend. Yeah. I, I know that a lot of analysts were in the stands for that Jordan Walker show. And I took him in the eighth. Peter Shanky, Rotowire president, had done his beat Peter Shanky league just the day before, and I asked him, "Where did Walker go?" He said the ninth. So I was thinking to myself, if Walker's still there with the second to last pick of the eighth, I'll, I'll pull the trigger, and uh, I did. I, I love what he's showing the spring. I it is a, a kind of a swing that maybe you don't have to take, but I think there's thirty homer pop in there. The average could be tough, but uh, you talked about corner outfield eligibility with. Seth Brown, Walker's third base only to start, but it'll add outfield eligibility. Three B O F, yeah, pretty yeah. darn nice. So I, yeah, I was, yeah. I grabbed him for the full team. I'll, I'll list it off here, real quick. Uh, in the first round with the second pick, I took Julio Rodriguez. He's my number one overall player, so I grabbed him. Spencer Strider, who you're not in on, but I, and the the way he ended the year with the oblique worried me a little bit, but he's looked great this spring. So I'm kind of kind of at the point where I don't see him as more of a risk with Spencer Strider than any other pitcher. JT Real Muto in the third. I had to grab that top catcher and he was still there. Corbin Carroll in the fourth. So with Rodriguez, Strider, and Carroll, I'm already skewing young. Then in the fifth round, I took Luis Castillo. Sixth round, Ryan Helsley. Then Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Walker, Wilson Contreras, Jeremy Pena, Yoan Duran, Lance Lynn, Jose Miranda, Masataki Yoshida in the 15th round, Grayson Rodriguez, then Drew Rasmussen, Brandon Nimmo, J.D. Martinez, Quetzal Marte, Eric Lauer, C.J. Abrams, Giovanni Gallegos, Carlos Carrasco, Isak Paredes, Kenta Maeda, Tanner Houck, Brandon Belt, Andrew McCutcheon, Nick Martinez, and Curtis Mead. Curtis Mead was just strictly based on having Isak Paredes already. Thinking, man, if Isak kind of faded into the background, that would hurt and that report from Jeff Passan of ESPN that meet in the Rays talking long-term. So, um, yeah, it's strictly based on that tweet, the Mead pick with the final pick of the, uh, of the draft for me. 
We'll see. I figure if Passon's reporting it, there's got to be smoke to that fire. So maybe Mead uh, gets synced long term before opening day and starts on a team on the roster. You always Our want buddy. to back up, you want to back up your twenty fourth round pick. That's always a good point. No, I'm, it's more, to me. It's not. I'm being silly. It's no, more you're, about you're totally it, right. Well, no, but I actually was planning on starting Isak over C.J. Abrams to start because I need. Oh, I love Abrams. Power. I yeah. Love, well, if you need power, no, I love Abrams. Abrams is one of my guys as far yes. as a guys that I feel I'm ahead of the mark. Now, there's one thing you know. You know, you, you asked to be critical. There's one thing liking Spencer Strider. It's another leave Garrett Cole on the board. I don't that yeah. that that much. That much I, I you know I I can't I just can't do it. Now Strider's my, my pick to lead the majors and strikeouts this year. My my problem with my Strider. Yeah, no, no, understood. The thing with Strider that I think I think we both feel will have the same or very close to the same ERA, WHIP, and strikeout percentage. I just I don't know that he's gonna have the innings to carry that pick. That's that's my yeah. And we've only seen it once. We haven't seen him do it. Back to back years. I'm okay. I think he will do it, but it's the innings necessary to be worthy of that pick. You need at that, regardless of the ratios, you need 190 to 200 innings. And I, you know, I I'm willing to go to 170, and that gets him higher than I had him ranked previously. But I cannot get him into that 190 to 200 range, which is what the second pitcher off the board requires. Fair enough. I was, you know, as I was doing a live stream of this draft on Wednesday, which you can go check out if you want to hear me talk for two and a half hours. Probably (laughs) very few who do. As much as I like picking earlier in drafts, I always leave my KDS 1 through 12 or 1 through 15. I I found that in the 12, the 2-3 turn here was a little harder because my options weren't as thinned out as they are in the 15. So yeah, Strider over Cole was a tough one, but I was weighing down to the final seconds and Real Muto over the rest of the field was a little tough too. I was happy with that pick, but um, it's kind of funny. I was, I like having my options available to me, but in the 15, it, these picks were kind of snap calls. Whereas in the 12, I was kind of agonizing over my two, two, three. So uh, yeah, just well, the picks were thinned out a little bit in the 15 and made, made my choice easier. So I got mine coming up. Uh, my beat Todd Zola league uh, sponsored by the site. Thanks Pete for uh, this Monday night. And I've got, I think I'm like late. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm looking, calling up the draft board. Now I've got the ninth pick. So, you know, I'm, I, I haven't done enough 12 to nil. I'm going to get him and him and him and him, but um, I don't mind it. And I, I left it one to 15 as well, but at number nine, I do feel confident that I will leave with a good third baseman. And I don't, I don't know other than that, which is kind of a goal that I do have. Other than that, I, I'm pretty sure I won't get a pitcher. But, man, I hope there's good news on Alvarez by Monday night, although I can't imagine there will be. I was actually eyeing up Alex Bregman, but he went uh, before I could take him. So I was staring into the abyss at third base and just grabbed Gunnar Henderson. Like uh, the next got third baseman after – well, I took Jordan Walker, but then the next third baseman after Gunnar Henderson and Walker was Eugenio Suarez. There's – a monumental cliff at third base after Bregman and Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, called the cliffs of insanity. And I don't yeah. mind Suarez, but you know you, you you might not get him. You know you can't count on going a few rounds and then picking up Suarez because someone else is thinking the same thing. Yeah, very true. Yeah, he's kind of you also, you also the, got be- the best of the rest. Yeah, you got Miranda. Who yeah, can I got cover Miranda. third. But I got him also, at first, though. Right. I was like, he's your, first, yeah. he's your first baseman. 
but it certainly doesn't hurt to have him third base eligible. And well, you got Gunner in case Walker doesn't uh, come through. But yeah, so is you, you don't you don't at least eyeballing it. You don't have another first baseman. Belt, Brandon Belt. What am I saying? So you are you are covered. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. We had a mention in the chat that Jordan is swinging and hitting today. I, I may not have mentioned that, but that is a nice development on Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, but you know what? There are there is enough time between now and Monday that if he's in a game, or, yeah, there might be better because I think he went what he went second. He went fifteen in your league, and that's clearly because of the injury. So you know that puts him in play. You know, do I do I take him ninth and then take a sec, take or do I, you know, lock in somebody at that at that spot? And uh, you know who I may get? I you know, I probably will have a shot at my guy Bo Bichette. Yeah, I think you will. I think it's a good chance you end up. Yeah. So I grab. You're going to be have a lot riding on Bo this year. Yeah, but now, so now the question is, do I? not take him and try to get him back. I know this isn't about me, but we've plenty of time to talk about my draft, but um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about other things and what I might do Monday night. Well, let's <laughs> a few other thoughts on this Rotowire online. Oh, yeah, yeah, Again, yeah. this was Wednesday night and our friend of the program, friend of the program, Joel Henner mentioned that, yeah, upside, but super risky team. And yeah, it is with you know, Julio Strider, Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Walker, Jeremy Pena, Jose Miranda, Yoshida, Grayson Rodriguez. But then, yeah, there's, there's a risk there. But I thought I, I, I thought I ended up with a decent balance of veterans and upside because, you know, with all those young names, then I also got Real Muto, Lance Lynn, Drew Rasmussen, J.D. Martinez, Ketel Marte, Eric Lauer, Carlos Carrasco, Kenta Maeda. So I feel like there's a nice little balance here with the – Veteran yeah, leadership, yeah. proven abilities, and upside, and like a large portion of your entry goes toward that overall contest. We've talked a lot about how you don't have to swing for the fences, but it just that swing was there for me to take, so I ended up taking. And in a twelve-team league, as opposed to fifteen, the the inventory of replacements is much stronger. Yeah, which which you know, if if you if I am going to let what little hair I have down and do a riskier team. It's in a 12 team league. Same. Yeah. And I Strider again, you, you're not a big fan, but Strider cast. Well, no, I'm was, a huge fan. Well, you're of a fan, just, but not for just, this year. I, well, no, even, I mean, again, it's the innings. I yeah. probably, you know, how can you put it me, this way? You're not a sure. fan of the draft cost, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly fair and perfectly accurate, especially, you know, would Atlanta have won the World Series if Strider were in midseason form at the playoffs? I think they had a better chance, you know, to, 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 to get by Philadelphia. But he was not the same pitcher, you know, and, and that was even during the year that he emerged. So the, Atlanta's biggest job, I think, this year is keeping Steven, Spencer Strider fresh for the playoffs. I hear you. Again, he's my pick to lead the majors in strikeouts, but we will see. He may not, might not get the innings necessary to, to get that. What to yeah, reach that strikeouts? Level. He probably needs 100. And, he doesn't need yeah, 200 he, innings. He needs like 160. Innings. Yeah, to lead the league. You know, now, will he carry that same strikeout rate 
over an entire season after you know pitching the number of innings last year. Mm-hmm. That, especially, have we seen him enough to know if he's developed a third pitch? I think it's he's teasing it. But you know, Saris just had a good article about that. By the way, he he has a third pitch. Yeah. Is so it, I think a changeup, maybe. Yeah, it's a changeup. Yeah. Um. So you know, is it is a is he just showing it, or is he displaying? You know, is he using it? So I mean, good lord, can you imagine? Well, I think what the changeup would do, it would counteract any of the concern I have of the strikeout rate dropping because of innings and or just two pitches. So I think it, I don't know that it adds to what he has, but it does prevent a serious drop. No, I sent this team to my dad, who's never played fantasy baseball in his life, but he's, he's a big baseball fan. And he pointed yeah. out the obvious, you know, where's your power? And that's a fair question. But I'm thinking with two stud catchers like Real Muto and Contreras, that'll help make up the difference. Uh, banking on 30 from Julio. I'm hoping for 30 from a guy like Jordan Walker, 25 from Miranda. If I average, Jeff Erickson just had a hidden category targets up article up i should look at how many home runs you needed last year to be 80th percentile from each roster spot but i think if i can get to like a rough average of about 20 per roster spot you know i'm not going to get 20 out of brandon nimmo but i think across the board i could average about 20 and maybe find a, a bopper on the uh waiver wire at some point and again having those two catchers i think will help make up the difference i think i have the best catching tandem in the league you know what? Yeah, I think so too. You know, I mean, again, you wanted, you wanted, you wanted to hear it. I don't know. You needed both Yoshida and Nemo. Nemo. Yeah, kind of redundant. They are. I mean, they were. You know, they they could be air quote value for the price. So, all right. Now the obvious question is, who do you take instead? Do you did you do you take Mitch Haniger? I know he went eight picks later, but you know he would have been in that range as the outfielder. Um, there's this I mean, questions in San Francisco. You know Joey Manessis. So so it, sometimes it's like, who are my choices? Who, who you know? Who have you taken instead? And there was no no one to take instead of Yoshida that fits the power question. So maybe it's you take the best player and you over the course of the free agency look for an outfielder that replaces either one or the other. If they you know maybe someone gets hurt and. You didn't. I don't think you mentioned it, but if JD Martinez can get more loft under the ball than he had last year, that that could be your your extra oomph. Yeah, he could get twenty five to thirty. I was thinking when I was looking at my team afterwards, I had CJ Abrams in the middle infield spot. Maybe I put Isak in there just to make up some of that power difference. Because I know you like Abrams, but I feel like I'm pretty well stocked on speed. So maybe yeah, yeah, yeah maybe that yeah. was a. a if he picked that, I I should have probably taken Josh Naylor there. I definitely should have actually looking at it back. Um, because I could move, yeah, Jordan Walker to the outfield eventually. Well, that's a missed one, but I, I want some Josh Naylor in my life. Um, well, join into the league. I really like Lance Lynn as a guy who, yeah, just is slept on. I mean, just getting him in the twelfth round. I think that's like getting that's basically getting an SP two in the twelfth. And having him as my SP3, my fifth pitcher overall, I'm excited about. And Todd, I have to admit, I did not really understand the Giovanni Gallegos ADP whatsoever. But then I finally understood it when I got in here and drafted Ryan Helsley. Uh, Took Gallegos in the 22nd because I just needed some peace of mind 
thought I'd sleep a little better having some backup there. Because especially when you're drafting whoa, whoa, this whoa, early. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sleep? What it, you, you actually sleep? A little bit. I mean, uh, you're you're inputting lineups at three thirty in the morning for the for the early games in the WBC. Uh, that was just you thankfully that's a short term thing. You don't you don't. All right, okay, okay. Back to baseball, and as opposed to they're moving they're moving stateside soon. So yeah, you don't have true. all these wacky times. But yeah, I was I was up at three thirty and four thirty inputting a WBC lineup. Uh, but yeah, I just I love Lance Lynn, and I like I felt like I needed some security there because. I felt like the one thing could go wrong here is if I lost my first closer in Helsley due to injury or yeah. were to lose the job. So uh grabbed him and ended up getting like Tanner Houck, Nick Martinez in reserves. I think Nick Martinez is, is kind of a sleeper. I, I Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, like that a lot. Now you mentioned Gallegos. Now what I like about Gallegos other than he's your edge for, Helsley, his strikeout rate, you could use him at the same time. You can put them both in the if you if you don't like yeah, your true. you don't like your matchups, right? If, if and then I don't miss on out on any saves. Yeah, really. right. Exactly. So I do like I do like um and I think that helps explain the the ADP of Gallegos is because he's one of the top speculative slash useful middle relievers. And at the second closure spot, I was Kind of intent on getting Andres Munoz, but when Yoan Duran was still there in the eleventh, I thought, I mean, there's no guarantee I get Munoz a few rounds later. So let's take a shot on Duran, who I have ranked a little higher. And I really think, especially with Jorge Lopez showing diminished velocity and Yoan Duran pumping one oh three, that it is going to be Duran closing. And that's a team that you generate some saves. Now, I may I may be over invested or overconfident in Scott Barlow, but I may have had a hard time passing on Barlow. Um, but like, yeah, Munoz now, and that's a little early to to try to get both Munoz and Seawald. You could do that last year, but this year they're both kind of up a little bit. It's tough to do that. Mm. Fairbanks, you know, I mean, this is the range you're looking at. Fairbanks went a couple of rounds later, but you know, you just how can you count on these sort of things? So yeah. yeah, I could see maybe Fairbanks going, you know, similar to like Duran Munoz, and I think he will be in a lot of leagues. But he's had so many health issues. Yeah, it depends uh, if Colette's in the league or not. <laughs> good point. A uh, final player I wanted to ask you about. I mentioned Grayson Rodriguez, and I was surprised to hear on XM today that among my first fifteen picks, James didn't like three picks. He didn't like Masataki Yoshida. Who's the other one? Um. Uh, Jordan Walker was the other one. And then the one that surprised me in the 15th round, he did not like Grayson Rodriguez. I figured that would be a a pick that would get his stamp of approval, but he does not. Now, our friends at Rasball, Gray Albright in particular, seems to be all over Grayson Rodriguez. And uh, I've seen tweets suggesting maybe Rodriguez should be going like 100 picks higher than he is. What side of the fence are you on on Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles? You know, you know me right now. It's he's a young kid. Now your the innings are baked into the 15th spot, and you are looking for the upside because even though it's only you know 15, it's still a a streamable spot in a 12 team league. So I, you know, I'm answering kind of my my own question: Who would I have preferred? Jordan Montgomery went two picks later. Later in the later in the round, Pablo Lopez, Cody Senga. 
uh, Brady Singer. So it's my 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 safety, my preference for safety probably would have leaned me to one of those guys. I understand I understand Rodriguez a lot more than Strider in that when you take him in the 15th, a lot of the you know riskiness is is covered by the pick and the, the shallowness of the league. I mean, you know, you picked up it's almost as if maybe you did this on purpose, maybe you didn't, but pairing Grayson Rodriguez and Drew Rasmussen a couple picks later. No, it wasn't a couple picks later. It was it was on the turnaround. You had to wait. But still putting the two of them together, it's kind of like uh, you know, take a shot and make it stable sort of thing with Rasmussen. Yeah, I, I like Rasmussen. James suggested today he'd rather have Rasmussen over Rodriguez straight up. I might. And the guy, you know, I, again, the guy that I'm taking a little bit of a shot on that went uh, 13 to 14 picks later is Brady Singer. And I just, I'm curious. I'm curious if having a piece of the Tampa Bay, you know, with, with, with Kataro, the manager, and then having Brian Sweeney as the Cleveland coach. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Royals took their new regime from those two teams, right? The Rays and the Guardians. I almost, I almost said it. Mm. Um, you can say, you can say, you know, yeah, I, I said it. I said end. I guess if you say end, you're committed to putting a buck in the, in the, in the, in the pool. So I, I did say Indians. Um, but the point being, uh, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Royals are building their their new era with personnel from those two organizations. Yeah, pretty good organizations to uh, you know, copy from. Yeah, I would say. Um, all right, uh, one last question here. Uh, Hunter Brown went shortly after I took Grayson. Would you rather have Grayson or Hunter Brown? The Astros. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think Grayson Rodriguez. I don't think I, I'm not a prospect guy, but correct me if I'm wrong. He's got a higher ceiling, and I think he he is expected to have a better career than Hunter Brown. But especially with McCullough's hurt, I think Brown could have an earlier opportunity to succeed. And so, if that's for, for that reason, I would prefer Brown. But if you're if you're shooting for the stars, and knowing you can, who do you get in reserve? You got a couple of good pitchers in reserve: Maeda, uh, Martinez. We already talked about. So if you if that's the, if that's the plan is to go for the gusto because I've got a hedge, I can see I can see where you would go with Rodriguez. Awesome. Well, we'll get to our top infielder values on underdog here momentarily. But first, let's pause briefly. For a quick word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link here with Todd Zola, and we will get into underdog best ball, our top five infielder values on underdog. We've talked in recent weeks, Todd, about the outfielder madness and how everybody's scrambling for outfielders on underdog, and that leaves a lot of infielders as nice values. But I thought we'd nail down our, our top five, the best values – the best of the best on underdog in terms of the infield values. My number one is a guy I know you like, maybe not so much an underdog, but Corey Seager. ADP on underdog is 53.1. Love what he can do all around, and you got to expect some big weeks from him. He's, he does have some injury concern that, that still lingers in the back of my mind, but uh, he's a, a perfect kind of, in my opinion, a first infielder. I'd be happy with getting – with going, you know, outfield, pitcher, outfield, pitcher, mm-hmm. and then maybe getting Corey Seager because, yeah, I think the, the floor is nice and there'll be some really high upside weeks with, with Seager as well. Um, what do you think? Is Corey Seager a fine first outfielder on underdog? First infield, yeah, and especially because I know that you're not into him very much, but if I ended up with Adolis Garcia as my first outfielder, I don't mind the mini stack. I like when I stack my teams, I like to have one infielder and one outfielder. Um, and my my late my late stacks, I don't care where they come from, but I don't mind that at all. Cause you said, you know, there's gonna be some series where Texas is against some lesser teams. So I I don't mind at all uh, for the stack, although I mean you want those two those two guys in your lineup regardless. A little mini rangers stack. All right. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm you know going through my head really quickly. Is you know Marcus Semyon is a possibility. 
Um, I don't know that there's really any other outfielder that I'm targeting from the Rangers. There's so many question marks, even towards the end. I don't know that there's anybody. But um, my first my first infielder at currently ADP 80.4 is Dansby Swanson. And I I have him as a, as a as a good price versus the market, and I like I like players that can steal a little bit. Although you, I, he's supposed to be in my lineup every week where I'm drafting him, but one of the things you do in best ball is you embrace volatility and stolen base guys or that. You just, you want him to do is you want a player that's going to beat his weekly average, and one way for a player to do that you know, good matchups, but is to be a stolen base guy and just have one of those weeks where he's facing an easy team to steal against. So that week he gets a couple of steals, a couple of three steals and beats his weekly average. I think Swanson can be a player of that ilk. I hear you on that one. That's a good one. And a uh, player, my number two on my list of top five infielder values on underdog, by the way, use promo code RWMLB on underdog to get a, well, Six free months of Rotowire in addition to the $100 deposit match. O'Neill Cruz. Maybe Swanson's the better value just a few picks later, but I really like O'Neill Cruz because in this underdog format, best ball, of course, you don't have to worry about the bad weeks. You don't have to worry about him maybe hitting slumps and tanking your batting average. You just need to worry about the good weeks. And, man, talk about upside. I think the the good weeks with a guy like O'Neill Cruz are going to be among the best in the game. So, I'll draft O'Neill Cruz at 76.5 on underdog for the good weeks. And uh, I don't have to worry about the downside really at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's another guy that can sneak in some steals. So sure. Absolutely. Oh yeah. He'll sneak in a good number. Who's your number two value on underdog among infielders. So this, this is by ADP. It's not by what I consider to be value relative. I'll get to that with my third pick, but uh, CJ Crone is next. And it, I kind of alluded to it with embracing volatility. Um, yeah, I want Crone for his home starts. I think he might be my my, my fourth infielder. Uh, man, not, maybe not. Maybe he's drafted. Maybe he's my third. But the point being, I want him in my lineup half the time with those home starts. So I'll, I'll go CJ Crone. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm not really in on him for regular leagues because I do think there's some trade risk. But Yeah, I guess. Um, for un, for you best ball, I get it. I'm he could not, have some big days at Coors. He could, and he signed the long term. I don't not much long term, but he did sign the extension. I guess I'm not as worried. It was about, only one year, but it, yeah, it was. But it's still, I think it was enough for me to. I don't know. It, to me, it's like does does Colorado know you can even make trades? I mean, I, I think they think it's a draft and hold league. That's a good point. They are just. Notoriously oh, they uh, unrealistic. Gritchick. They traded for Gritchick. I mean, they made some. I don't know. but mm-hmm. Well, my number three infielder value on underdog is a guy I drafted in that B. Clay Link League, uh, Jeremy Pena, ADP 100. Maybe he doesn't have the the juice, the power, speed to, to really be like a home run type of best ball pick. But I like him as a guy who just will find his way into your lineup like, you know, 13 out of the 26 weeks with just steady contributions, popping them over the, the short porch with the Crawford boxes. I, I'm buying in on Jeremy Pena even after one year. I had zero shares last year, but I've seen enough already of Jeremy Pena of Houston to be confident in him at pick 100. 
Yeah, I was in on him last year and traded away in two keeper leagues and regretting it now. But no, I agree. I I, I like him a lot. Uh, my third, and I, I kind of alluded to it, how oh, I think he's just a, a silly sick value, is Jay Cronenworth. And I knew he'd be on your list. Yeah, I talking to it. some people about about underdog and best ball and, and John Legaza for one and um, Steve Baseball, who I talked to on the pod. You know, they're telling me that I think towards the end you get a few more sharps than you may have, at least percentage wise. And player like Cronenworth, his ADP is likely to start to drop. So I've been playing chicken. I think I've been, you know, it's like in the one twenties. I've been taking him around a hundred. I have him ranked around eighty. Um, so I, it'll probably take that one draft where I get burned before I, you know, drop him into the nineties. But I, I just, I can't, I can't not take Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, again, I expected that one to be on your list, just given you seem, you are the uh, one of the strongest Jake Cronenworth proponents out there this season. Um, next up, maybe my favorite infielder value on the entire board, one that really makes a little sense to me, JT Realmuto at pick one thirty point five under. He gets lumped in with the infielders. Um, as most catchers do, aside from like Varsho, maybe a few others. But um, this just seems like a giant disconnect between the standard Roto game, two catchers, and here. Realmuto is a 2020 guy. and So, yeah, you don't need catchers. But uh, I still feel like he's far better than, than 130.5. So even though you don't need a catcher, he's a, a great infield option. Yeah, I go, you know, I ranked, I got my projections and I go by the rankings and he has been, you know, at or near the top of my list by the time, you know, I'm looking around and I don't know that there's any more of an injury risk because he is a catcher, but I just haven't ended up with him yet. But based upon my rankings, I and I agree with the call. I just haven't gotten him yet. Yeah, he just. Again, it's like he's a third rounder in two team, maybe even a second rounder in two catcher leagues. But uh, here he goes so far later, and I just think he's because of the, you know he just gets lumped in with infielder. He's not so special as a catcher. Uh, people are discounting him more than they should. Yeah, that's a, that's the best way to put it. There's a um, stigma. There's a there's a catcher stigma. And Tristan Casas, I know you love. Yeah, Did you mentioned that. Yeah, well, that's the next guy. Um, it's I think at the price, it, I'm taking some shots at that point, and I'm probably also pairing him with Adam Duvall at that point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and uh, if it's a if it's a homer pick, maybe, but I I think he has a chance to succeed and succeed big in Fenway Park. My number five infielder value on underdog, Jorge Polanco at 152.4. Kind of a disappointing year last year. I I liked him as a sleeper last year, and it was a little underwhelming, but still like what this guy bring, brings to the table. His run at the end of 2021 was just awesome. I think the Twins will be pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I like Jorge Polanco is kind of like my fifth, fifth infielder mm-hmm. at 152. Real quick, who's your number five infielder value on underdog? Will Myers. I had to make sure he was an infielder. Yeah, I just I love the I love the park. Um, I yeah, so he's not going to get that many run in RB, runs in RBI, but I think he's going to run or go back to running. So yeah, Will Myers, who apparently is on the upswing anyway, 
but so I'm saying the ADP is one is 237. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets into low 200s if, if it isn't already. Well, awesome stuff. That'll do it for our underdog best ball segment today. A reminder, sign up with promo code RWMLB, and not only will underdog double your initial deposit up to 100 bucks, we also get six months of our Rotowire subscription for free. Real quick, too, um, before we wrap things up on the show today, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. If you play in an old school four by four, maybe you've added some categories, six by six, seven by seven. Fantrax can customize for whatever you need. They're just an email away and they make it super easy. Import your league. If you're sick of your commission service, you can import any current leagues and customize as needed. They offer the most in-depth player pool. Sign up for free today. And, uh, and also you'll be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'd love to be I'd love to show up to Tout Wars next weekend at a signed Vladdy jersey. <laughs> that would uh, get some Here reactions. Uh yeah, again, you can be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to fantrax.com slash rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. As we wrap, wrap things up today, Todd, I wanted to ask you talk to you a little bit about AL labor that you were in a lot of rotowire representation. I know you were repping your own site masters ball, but you, Jason Collette, uh, James Anderson, all, all part of the AL labor league of alternative baseball reality. If you don't know, one of the longest standing industry leagues, maybe the longest actually has its own Wikipedia page. It's the longest. Yeah. And man, we heard some funny stories of Greg Ambrosius, Rick Wolf, couple of the original, were telling us some good good old days stories about labor. I heard about that. They were reminiscing and oh yeah, talk about was it Lambardini's nine dollar pitches? Larry Lambardini. I don't remember Lambardini. if that was Touter Labor, but yeah, nine 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 one dollar pitchers. I mean, Keith Law has been in the league. Keith Oberman has been in the yeah. league. It's it's been quite the crew. For one, you know, John Hunt ran it. Then we're having trouble getting people to join, so he did the the Joes and pros one year where there were six people. Um, they used to have the CDM winner be in the league. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a long, the, I think my only, my funniest, if you will, labor story is I went to probably I, to support Jason Gray back in the day. It was in, it was in Arizona and they asked me to do the stickers. So I did the stickers and during the break, the auctioneer was supplied by by Gannett. John Hunt was running it, and he never came back. You know, whether he didn't realize they weren't done or he just I'm 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 sick of this. So they asked me if I would both auctioneer and put the stickers up. So at the time, you know, hardly anybody knew me, whatever. So it was like early 2000. So yeah, that's my funny. It's like the, the auctioneer never came back. Can you do both? So anyway, just a small ask of you. Yeah, it's yeah, we, we got through it. Labor does have its own Wikipedia site. I always yeah. get a kick out of that. Yeah. Uh, check that out if you want some more on the, the history of labor, the rules, and whatnot. The winners, all the winners are listed too on the Wikipedia page. I love yeah. that. So really a historic league. I was thrilled to be a part of it for a few years in the AL. I turned that over to James just because I felt he deserved it. Like He's just the man. So Why? Uh, I wanted him to be. I would have gotten better. He, he, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I guess after talking to James <laughs> on the radio, we're buds again. But yeah, for for an hour or so, he was in my uh, do not send a Christmas card list. Crap list. Yeah, I hear <laughs> that. I he's a heck of a player, and honestly, oh, I, yeah. I feel like he's a better player than me. So I was ah. happy to turn that over to him for for now, and hopefully he runs with it and wins a couple titles. Love that for James. Um, did you guys end up battling it out for any any names, or was that more? Were you kind of in your yeah. own lanes a little bit more? Per, per James, we were both after Bo Bichette really early, and I I came away the victor in the Bo Bichette sweepstakes. But I was you know alluding to you know being mad or whatever, just being silly with that. But um, we've talked we've talked Corey Seager before. I had him. I I wanted him for around twenty four or five. Nominated him at fifteen, and James jumped it to twenty seven, and we got crickets. All right, fine. At least we're keeping it in the family. But in front of the entire seminar the next day, we were asked what the pick do we regret, and James like, you know what? I really didn't need Corey Seager. So I'm like, <laughs> so. Uh, but as he explained, it was yeah. his first purchase. And as the team construction turned out, you know, and we're asked what our biggest regrets 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 are, that just happened to be the one. So I would just, um, you know, I maybe you know should I have gone to twenty eight? I don't know, um, but that you know somewhat tongue in cheek. And I get we were probably in on the same outfielders and just landed on different guys because we were both had a little bit of money at the end and the outfield bargains were just left and right. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we clashed on each other's outfielders. Nice. Yeah. I, I remember James mentioning that it, it was more of like a, yeah. Looking back thing where yeah. as a team retrospect, the final product. Yeah. I yeah. kind of wish that he'd had a little bit more speed or maybe a better pitcher with that money. Uh, so you mentioned you got Boba Shed. I'm not surprised at all to see that given where you have Bichette on our round table rankings. Who else are the the big pillars of your AL labor team? Well, I got Kevin Gausman as the anchor. Um, and as I as I, I wrote about it, but I don't think I don't I think it hit the cutting room floor. So I've talked about this and mentioned it in a couple places. Here's my Kevin Gausman spiel. Okay, mm-hmm. um, three sixty three Babbitt last year. Okay, the forty first worst of all time. I'm talking all time. Mm-hmm. The last time a pitcher had a higher Babbitt was 1918. Okay, 1918. I know that year for another reason. Now, of the 40 pitchers that had a higher Babbitt than Kevin Gausman, the majority of pitched in the era where they weren't wearing gloves. That's how historically terrible. Kevin Gosman's BABIP was. How much of it was bad luck versus just, you know, bad pitching? I'm not going to say it was whatever, 65 points of bad luck, but the man got some bad luck. Now, his ERA was 335 in that neighborhood, but even so, I think I think he's being downgraded a little too far. Uh, got him for 25, I wanted 24, but numbers are just so loose, you can't you can't count on that, so yeah, yeah, there and um, the one know, thing. Though, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but real quick yeah. on Gaussman, the one thing that kind of creeps into my head is this. Yeah, is the whole like Bach thing. Does that yeah. worry you at all? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, I paid 25, so I guess not. I'm aware. So not really. I'm aware. And yeah. for those who aren't aware, I think he and I think Luis Garcia. Now, this doesn't really have to do with the pitch clock per se. I think it kind of ancillary issue with that. It's his motion in general, the toe taps, and then Garcia doing the Macarena between pitches. Um, <laughs> Rocking the, the baby. Yeah, the directive of umpires to hone in on box again. And we all we know how we know major you know how successful that of a of a of a ruling is of a of a tactic when major league has done it before. But sure, I guess there's a concern. But I guess my approach is. If that's why I get him a buck or two cheaper or whatever, I'll take it because I believe he's a major league pitcher. Um, major league batters struggle more against the split-fingered fastball than any other pitch, and he's got the best splitty in the game. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll uh, I will plant my flag on Kevin Gossman as an ace. I like that. Yeah, I was really in on him, and maybe I've just let this. Bach thing get in my head a little bit, but I've kind of cooled on Gaussman ever so slightly. I guess it's more just because I like Castillo, yeah, and like you know, Alec Manoa, then Lance Lynn a little later. So, yeah, just haven't been ending up with him. Uh, one guy mentioned in the chat that Oscar Colas has been raking this spring, and he actually in that uh 12 team beat Clay Link League that we talked about earlier, he went in the 20th round of a 12 team league, so um. Let me just double check uh, where exactly he went. Colas. So he went with the second pick of the 20th round. So Oscar Colas went ahead of your guy, Will Myers. He went ahead of Jared Kelnick. Went ahead of a guy like Garrett Mitchell, who's now hurt. Are are you in on the hype? I I don't know if I want to pay for a guy who's looks like he's the right fielder over uh, – Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets. But I just, this is too much of an unknown even for me. Yeah. So in this, in this draft or auction, there, you know, there are always a bunch of outfielders in that teens range. And he was there, some of which go for seven or eight, other of which get chased to full price just because two people want them. Colas fell. I mean, I was, you know, he was in that a $15 player. I hope to get him for seven sort of thing. But he is one of the you know few. Everybody is that has enough money for one more good player. So for somebody, he was their one more good player. Now, hopefully, good as you suggest. It's not definite, but um, I guess I am. I am in on the notion he'll play, which maybe wasn't definite, but I am now. And but how much he plays remains to be seen. I think I'm much likely to take a shot in a mixed league where I can replace him than in labor where I am stuck with him. Although I guess, I don't know, is his, is his floor, not floor, you know, is his downside triple uh, a, which case you can reserve him. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how many options he has left, if any, but um little, little too risky for me in this format. Yeah, even as a guy who swung really for the fences, I, I wasn't anywhere close. I just, right. I guess I just don't know as much about him as I do yeah. some of the other big prospects. Uh, well, great stuff, Todd. Can't wait to see you in New York next week. I'm going to try my best to give you off from the pod next week just because, well, you did that pod from Florida on short notice, and I appreciated that, so I owe you one. But uh, anything else on your mind today? 
Um, let's see. I don't have the definite times and duties yet, but mentioned first pitch, first pitch Florida baseball HQ is doing an online version and I will be receiving my assignments sometime soon. So check out the lineup from baseball HQ. If you miss first pitch forum, it won't be the same, but yeah, it's, you know, what, what, did, you know, Justin Mason just did Potapalooza and pitcher list. It's, it's along that vein. Will it be panels? You know, hourly, and they will all help us prepare for our drafts. I'll be participating in that. Awesome. And will those Tout Wars drafts be broadcast uh, somewhere on XM or somewhere else? They Saturday, we've got the AL in the morning and the mixed 15 in the afternoon, and they will both be on Sirius XM, and we should have some kind of chat room alongside with it. Uh, we're, we're still working on that. On Sunday, the NL will be in the morning. The mix head-to-head is in the afternoon, but it will not be broadcast on Sirius. But again, we will have some sort of coverage uh, in, a, in, a, in a Zoom room or, or something to that effect for the for the mix head-to-head uh, coming up. And uh, we will, we're, we're very much looking forward to being live again after having done it remote for a couple of years. Absolutely. And definitely be sure to check out the coverage of those drafts. Really good stuff from some of the best minds in the industry. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I I'm in the head to head, so looking forward to that. Yeah, I've come close, but I haven't been able to take it all down yet. So I have been told been told that I will be auctioneering as I've done in the past. So you know my PayPal account to break ties. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I can't wait to play that. It's the only head to head baseball league I play in. It's a lot of fun. I've grown to really love it. So can't wait for that. Uh, thank you all for being with us. Enjoy the rest of draft season. Make the best pick in every round and uh, be ready to grind because if you grind the 26 weeks, you'll put yourself in a great position to win. We are sp- sponsored by Fantrax and Underdog Fantasy here, and we hope you'll stay with us and catch us next week on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.